0: from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out
1: more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to reformationboise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. What a wonderful time of the year. The leaves are turning, the weather, the air is a little crisper just beautiful days to be outside and enjoy the the creation that God puts on display. The turning of the seasons is a reminder of the faithfulness of God, the the promises that he has made, that as long as the earth endures, that seed time and harvest is going to endure. And so hopefully you are able to enjoy this time of year. But hopefully you're also able to enjoy this time of year because it's Reformation month and that we are getting closer to Reformation Day, a day in which God – unveiled light back into his church, illuminating the, the wonder and the glory of the gospel. And what a what a time of, of God's powerful working and moving in, in the history of the church. And we celebrate that work of God. And we've been doing so by looking at different solas, sola scriptura, so scripture alone, and then we talked about Christ alone, and then grace alone. And then today we're going to do faith alone. And really... Christ alone, grace alone, and faith alone are all interconnected. So if there is a little bit of repetition, we apologize for the repetition, but we don't apologize for the repetition because that repetition is healthy and good, and it it, it solidifies us in the faith. And specifically, all three of these combined together is where we really get the doctrine of justification. Um, This Mm -hmm. is that we are saved um, by grace alone, through Christ alone, are through faith alone. I think I actually, by grace, through, through faith, faith in Christ. Christ alone. So my prepositions were struggling. Today we're doing faith alone. I'm going to start with the same question. What does this mean? And how does this teaching differ from the Church of Rome?
2: So it's the, the basic doctrine, sola fide, or faith alone, that Christian believers are justified, as Russ alluded to, by faith alone rather than on the basis of good works. And again, to go back to the difference between us and and the Roman church, is uh, faith gets you neutral, faith in your baptism through the work of Christ to bring you to neutrality, and then from then forward you are justified upon your good works, which is why within the Catholic system you have the priest who you would go and confess your sins to, and then you were given penance to, and those are acts of justification, acts used to erase your sins from the blackboard, uh, if you will.
0: Yeah, Martin Luther came to understand that uh, the true dividing line between him and Rome was not simply papal authority or the sale of indulgences, the existence of purgatory, or even the place of tradition. The fundamental difference was found in how the gospel actually worked. In other words, on what basis is a person justified or declared righteous before God. How does God justify the ungodly? Romans 4, 5 says, and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. And so, the the Protestants still differed from Roman Catholicism on this in several ways. First, they believed that justification was a declaration of righteousness made by God regarding them. They They countered the Catholic notion that Justification was God's action of making someone righteous by infusing grace into them. So justification was by a declared righteousness, not by being made righteous. You know, I'm not righteous in and of myself. I'm I'm righteous because I'm righteous in Christ, whose life and death were imputed or credited
1: to my account. So there is confessionally we would talk about this idea that what jonathan is just talking about in lord's day 23 of the heidelberg catechism question and answer 60 how are you righteous before god Mm -hmm. and the catechism says only by true faith in jesus christ even though my conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against all god's commandments of never having kept any of them, and of still being inclined towards all evil, nevertheless, without any merit of my own, that's grace alone, out of sheer grace, God grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ, Christ alone, as if I had never sinned nor been a sinner, and if as I had been perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me, if only I accept this gift with a believing heart, faith.
0: Yeah, this is the great exchange. Christ takes our sin; we take His righteousness. God declares us righteous on the basis of Christ's work alone, and and the, and so in this matter, we see faith as a gift of God given to us that declares us righteous in God's sight. It and this is a, one of the problems that people have here is. It's the same as back then, you know. the The idea they mix they mix the idea of justification and sanctification. Sanctification is how we grow to become more and more like Christ. But they but they put sanctification before justification, mm-hmm. before the declaration of being righteous. The goal of my life is to you know reach toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus uh, to to constantly be you know, being reformed in one sense, according to the Word of God, to have Christ's life reproduced in me. But before that could ever happen, I had to be declared righteous in God's sight by not my works, but by the fact that his life
1: was imputed to me. So if you wanted to to just take um, Christ alone, grace alone, and faith alone, and just bring them all together— and just capture what the teaching of the Reformation was on these particular things, you're really talking about Belgic Confession, Article 22. So it's, it's and then trickle into 23. But 22 is the heart of the Reformation on these three alone: grace, Christ, and faith. And I'm going to read it. I know it's a little bit lengthy, but it, it really just does capture this. It says, We believe that for us to acquire the true knowledge of this great great mystery, the Holy Spirit kindles in our heart a true faith. So faith is a gift that embraces Jesus Christ with all his merits and makes him its own and no longer looks for anything apart from him, Christ alone. For it must necessarily follow that either all that is required for our salvation is not in Christ, or if all is in him, then he who has Christ by faith has his salvation entirely. Therefore, to say that Christ is not enough, but that something else is needed as well, is a most enormous blasphemy against God. For it then would follow that Jesus Christ is only half a Savior." and therefore we must justly say with Paul that we are justified by faith alone or by faith apart from works. However, we do not mean, properly speaking, that it is faith itself that justifies us, for faith is only the instrument by which we embrace Christ our righteousness. But Jesus Christ is our righteousness, crediting to us all his merits and all the holy works he has done for us and in our place, and faith is the instrument that keeps us in communion with him and with all his benefits when those benefits are made ours they are more than enough to absolve us of our sins and this is where we just have to be careful faith is a gift a gift given by god by which we can embrace christ faith does not justify jesus christ justifies Mm-hmm. Faith is the instrument by which we get Christ. It's the straw that we we get it's, the liquid into our body, if you an will. It's
0: empty hand that receives. Yes.
1: And this is the difficulty. That there are so many people that will say, well, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for the sins of all people. And really what happens is that the Holy Spirit then regenerates everybody.
2: Yeah, prevenient Grace, Yep.
1: And then what that means is that everybody has an opportunity to either accept or reject the work of Christ on their behalf. That Jesus Christ paid for the sins of everybody, and then it's dependent upon whether I, by faith, accept that or not. If I don't, then I'll go to hell, and if I do, I'll go to heaven.
2: This does damage to the atonement, right? Because then Christ's atonement was not sufficient to pay for the sin of unbelief.
1: Yes. so. If I'm damned, I'm damned because I didn't believe. But didn't Christ pay for my sin of unbelief? Well, yes, he paid for the in in this view, Christ died for all sins. But did he die for the sin of unbelief because I'm still being damned because I don't believe? So he either paid for it or he didn't pay for it. And and so this is a logical dilemma that so much of evangelicalism has to eventually come to to grips with. But if my salvation depends on my faith, then I'm actually saved by my faith and not by the work of Christ. And my salvation is dependent upon faith. But as a child of the Reformation and someone that believes the Word of God, I can't say that I'm saved by faith. I'm saved by Christ. And faith is the instrument, the open hand by which I receive it. And so, we have so many people in the Protestant world today that actually do not actually fit the Protestant label because they're actually embracing Catholicism, which is saying that somehow I contribute to my salvation.
2: Think about uh, Paul's words in Ephesians 2, right? You are saved by grace, he declares, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus you are saved by grace through faith, and this faith, we know grace by definition would not be ours, this faith is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. If it's our faith that we muster up within ourselves that justifies us, then guess what? We have a footing for boasting. How much more righteous are we than our unsaved neighbor because we had the faith to muster our salvation? Paul says he denies all of that. In fact, in verse 10, he says, we are his workmanship. God created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do.
1: All of this is to say what we're really pleading for, and this is where we're going to go tomorrow, that if there's any of us in this, if, if it's some some sort of merit that we have brought that we contribute something to our salvation, we pay for some of our sins, whether in purgatory or our righteous life here, whether it's our faith that's necessary to save us, what we're really doing is we're taking away from the glory of God. And really, ultimately, life is about God's glory. And this is where we come to tomorrow, sola Deo gloria. But so much of the church today is are really glory stealers that we don't really believe in Christ alone and grace alone and faith alone that we've added to And anytime we add to any of these things, we're actually taking away. And it would be kind of like Michelangelo painting on the Sistine Chapel, and I come in and say, hey, I'd like to help. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to help. I'm only going to hurt the work that Michelangelo is doing. And that's what happens when we try to contribute to what God has alone taken upon himself to do. And hopefully as we've been going through this, I'm sure that we possibly offended, but we want, we're want we not trying to offend, we're trying to drive you back to the riches of the glory of Christ alone, grace alone, faith alone, that we believe is in Scripture alone, and that we hope that you'll base your views not on what a couple of guys in a radio station say, but you base your views on what the Bible teaches and allow the Bible to be the authority on justification. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.